So we've been, we've been going through chapter by chapter for the last two years, and we're about two thirds of the way through the book. Two years you've been, we've been doing going this? through it, just you know, a chapter a month. Yeah, a chapter a month. Oh wow! Okay. We are tonight. How how how, how big we is can't that? Believe it either. Uh, it's big. We tonight we start on page five hundred and fifty-one, and we'll be getting That's to so five hundred and seventy-one. Oh my gosh! Okay. And um, how long? How long is this podcast? Well, so we so. Do we have to listen to the book? So that's what we wanted to spare you. We have a very special episode of Channel Your Enthusiasm. No, Blossom isn't losing her virginity, and Will isn't going to experiment with weed. Tonight, the channelers engage in a rolling conversation with Will and Kristen Flannery, better known by their stage names, Dr. and Lady Glockenflecken. So for one episode, we will put aside our ongoing mission to understand the inner workings of the kidney and enjoy a fireside chat with the comedian who really gets that homeostasis is nothing to joke about. Enjoy. Are you all nephrology people? Yeah, why, why don't we kind of go around the horn and uh, <laughs> int- introduce yourselves. My name is Joel Toff. I, I started this project a couple of years ago. I'm in Detroit. Uh, Roger? Uh, Roger Rodby. I'm in Chicago at Rush Press St. Luke's. I've uh, been a nephrologist there for 35 years. Anna? I'm Anna Getty. I'm a nephrologist at the Medical College of Wisconsin. When we started this, I was just starting my fellowship in Indiana, so and, it's been. A and, and now she's almost retired, so that that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> Josh. Hi there. I'm Josh Waitsman. I'm a nephrologist at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston. And like Anna, I was a fellow when we started, and I think that's just something about burnout that we're nearing retirement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Melanie. Hi, I'm Melanie Honig, and I'm a nephrologist also at Beth Israel Deaconess in Boston. JC? Hi, I'm Juan Carlos Vélez. I'm a nephrologist at Auctioner in New Orleans. Right. And Letty? Hey, uh, my name is Leticia Malone. I'm a nephrologist at UCSF. Hi, <laughs> And the last member of our crew is Amy. Amy, you want to introduce yourself and your friend? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Amy Yao. I'm one of the nephrologists at The Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. And this is my daughter, Fia. She's two and a half. She should be asleep, but she's not. (laughs) (laughs) She looks pretty glassy eyed. Yeah. Yeah, She might be if she takes a listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cruel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I actually, Lady Glockenflecken, I don't know your first name. I'm sorry. Kristen. 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 And so do you guys go by Will and Kristen or do you... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you <laughs> so you go us. by doctor? Is it like Dr. Uh, Dre? Yeah. You, go by? Yeah, right. you can call Dr. us G. you want. We're very we'll catchy. The G-Man. So right. what, what's the story with this podcast that you guys are doing? Yeah. It, you know, it's called Knock Knock High with the Glock and Fleckens, which is a play on my um, videos. The videos where you know, the I was meds, introducing yeah. them as the med student and everything. And basically, we wanted to do it. You know, I figured people would probably be okay with listening to me for more than like two minutes at a time. And so, well, that's why I'm there to break it up. <laughs> yeah, break it up. right. So, we want to do something a little bit more long form, but also we want to do something kind of a little bit on the lighter side of medicine. So, we're, you know, asking people to come on and, and tell uh, interesting, funny, embarrassing stories. You know, for, you know, most of the time it comes from, 
people's training in medicine, which is where a lot of those stories end up happening, right? And so uh, it sparks a lot of uh, fun, uh, silly conversations, but also some serious stuff. And really, it's just a, a chance to explore kind of the the human side of medicine a little bit. Yeah, has it already started? Is it already out there? Can people already subscribe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's the first well. first episodes drop January 10th. So we're about mm. a month in, a little over a month. And how, how often oh, are you releasing episodes? Great. Once a week. Oh, yeah. wow. And do you are you doing the whole production or, do you, or do you, have you outsourced Oh, that? God, no. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the, the only way we'd be able to do this if, if somebody does all the work for us. There are no, other I, ways to do it. There are. We we have Joel. That's why we're right. a year behind. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was the, that was the whole thing. We had uh, this uh, wonderful production company called Human Content Podcast. It's a brand, it's a new company, so they're they've got all kinds of podcasts that are in the works. But um, they basically came to me and said, "Hey, we think uh, we watch your content. We think you'd be really great on a podcast." And I was like, "Well, it, it'd be kind of annoying just to have like I think to have doctors talking to each other." And so let's let's bring my wife in, who's not in medicine. And can have a like and a, is funny or really yeah, like yeah that's right uh, and uh, can bring a slightly different perspective from the non medical side of things and and they said okay we'll do that you guys just record come up with some fun stuff to do during the episodes and we'll do all the rest of the work editing posting all that stuff and so they I was do like, all the booking great. and scheduling yeah they do all the scheduling all the nice. stuff and we just show up and yeah right and so they make they make it easy on us they're really good at it and uh, it allows us to have more time to do. So you, you do content, you do TikToks and you do uh, tweets and you, now you do this podcast. Do you have a favorite? Uh, oh, I mean, I still, I still really love putting together the skits. I'm, I'm really, I still enjoy that. I enjoy the writing process, seeing the response from people, uh, making people in healthcare laugh. That's all. That's a lot of fun to do. So that's where it all started. I would not not where it all started. I started on Twitter actually, just telling jokes on Twitter. But um, once it started doing the video content, there's just it opens up the creativity a little bit more whenever you're starting to do video content. So uh, I think that's what I find a lot of fun. But the podcast is it's gain and see where I mean you get you know there's there's this learning curve of you know once you start figuring it out a little bit, the whole filming process, you know, and all the audio setup and everything. Once you get over that hump, it starts to become more fun. And so now we're in that stage where it's now we're, we're, we're getting, we have our feet under yeah, us. And so it's, it's just an excuse to really get to talk to a lot of interesting people every yeah, week. And that's great. A lot of them are our friends. And so it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen, are you the, do you usually film his little uh, TikTok no. shows? He has, I don't know if you can tell on I very, screen, but very <laughs> long arms. No it's like way. a selfie stick. Just, I just too hold, it really long. is for real. I just hold the camera right here. His that arms are so freakishly long that he can do all I've, of that himself. I've done like like over 300 skits now. And um, and so I just, I, I'm good enough that I can make it seem like somebody else is filming me. Yeah, he's <laughs> figured out idea. like where to angle everything. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's all. Yeah, he's got a built-in selfie stick. It's all me. I Because I, sometimes I do it at weird times too. Like most of the time I record like late at night or on the weekends because we because you, know, you do actually work, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I know that's the ask. joke. The running joke is uh, like you—you yeah. you work like two I hours a day, work. but you really do. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's an ophthalmology schedule, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually the only, probably the only way. If I was a nephrologist, I don't know if I'd have the time, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's—it's. It's, <laughs> I. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I do. I work four days a week. So, okay. you know, I, I'm in private practice and I'm very fortunate. And to he be. gets like a two hour lunch break a couple days yeah, a week. Yeah. And so, he comes home by five. I mean, there's he's sometimes fine. I work till 530, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, 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 so it does afford me the ability to, to take on all these projects and stuff, which is which is really nice. Do you, do you produce them all yourself? Do you do all the, you cut them up? And- Can't you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all the skits, yeah. Oh, no. They're- <laughs> yeah. No, they're I do, charming. I, I do yeah. all the editing. I think that's part of my, uh, part of the allure of my content it's is that it's charm. such, yeah. it's such low, low tech, low, tech, low yeah. quality. <laughs> when low you, production like, value, yeah. Yeah, low production value. Um, so fortunately, people seem to be okay with it. And so I've just run with it and continue my low, Low production value. Uh, I think people are okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be funny if one day you got huge and had like Meryl Streep con and just be like, you know, the I am <laughs> yeah, attending right. or something. <laughs> like just yeah. little cameos of like insanely famous that people. One would be famous great. person. That would that, be, like, be awesome. Is, is Jimothy Brad Pitt? What's <laughs> yeah. Whenever Brad I. Brad Pitt, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm a famous person. Untapped artist. <laughs> well, people listen to us. So. Well, I mean, you're, you guys are the, you're the smartest people in the hospital. You can say that one more time, just for the just so for the people in the back of the room. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I mean, come on, like, like the, I, that's that's that was the big because t- it's been a long time since I've actually interacted with a nephrologist in like a real clinical setting uh, as ophthalmologist. We don't have a lot of no, diamox. We have diamox in common. Yeah. That's it. That, that's <laughs> it, and 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 that kind of like goes to more like neurology territory anyway whenever i'm starting to order diamox i'm like okay this is a little bit more brain related than it is eye related so we don't have a lot of overlap uh but what i do remember from like med school and intern year is i just don't i didn't have any idea what on earth you guys were talking about so i just assumed (laughs) that you're just much smarter than everyone else uh and i think it's uh, for the most part don't break the illusion don't break the illusion no we just like mysteries i mean arguably you know infectious disease is way up there too but i feel like like id nephrology and rheumatology are like uh kind of the you you like to you know a lot you know a lot of stuff (laughs) more than him clearly we drink and we know things yeah yeah exactly for somebody who feels like they've been removed from medicine for a while, I mean, you totally nail the cardiology nephrology conflict. I mean, that's yeah, kind of amazing how that? well you can do that without really being on the wards <laughs> and knowing how 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 spot on you are. It's pretty incredible. We're, we're, we're fans. I, I, yeah. Can someone grab that? a screenshot? Can we get that done? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Hey, hey, hey! I, I got the real salt. <laughs> <laughs> We don't, we don't mess with morphine <laughs> soda. What the heck is deal. that, JC? <laughs> it's, a Him- it's a Himalayan salt. What do you want? <laughs> it's like yeah. a yeah. of salt. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably, he mined that himself. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I was yeah. like Chilean salt. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad say. you all like the depiction of the nephrologist. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a total yeah. hoot. Oh, it's okay. yeah. The first, I do have to do a lot of research. Though. It's no, it's so, really uh, clear. Like it's your stuff is smart. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. well, I, I I do because you know obviously the further I get away from like intern year, the less I know, and so I actually spend a lot of time like on Reddit, like searching okay pet peeves oh. of nephrology. The good thing yeah, is people sense. really like to complain on the internet. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is what I was just gonna ask: How do you deal with the backlash or like when? somebody doesn't like certain things I've heard 
I've heard of or I've read some yeah, of your yeah. comments. People sometimes don't like the way certain specialties are depicted. It's, it's only yeah. you almost universal, you know, acceptance of my depiction of these specialties, except family medicine is the one where I've gotten probably the most pushback against. And I, I really think it's just and it's not everybody. It's like it's a few people, but it's noticeable, noticeably more than other specialties. And I think it's it's just because they're kind of they're kind of in a tough place in medicine right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and they are they already feel taken advantage of. They already feel like they're not as respected in the, in medicine. Whether or not that's true, it doesn't matter. That's how they feel about it. And so now they have this comedian that's like making fun of them. But, but like the thing is, it's a sympathetic. It character. is. Right. Yeah. You're trying to say yeah. like they are so overworked, and you know they it's they sympathetic. are useful and they know things. But look at what they're expected to do. That's ridiculous. I think it, it's just. A, I think it's a raw. It's just a raw. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, and 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 they're they're every time every time I get pushback, it's always you're convincing people not to go into family <laughs> medicine, which I I really don't think anybody is taking me seriously enough to like change their career path. And if they are, they should not be. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. for anybody listening, like I don't don't come on. Like uh, unless you want to go into ophthalmology, I I certainly uh, will uh, you know agree. <laughs> like you that, should yeah. absolutely listen to what I say about that. But everything else, it's it's all for you know humor, and I, I I just want people to be able to laugh at themselves and and recognize the weird idiosyncrasies we all have in every single specialty, and uh, and that's kind of my goal here. It's not to push yeah. people toward or away from any other specialty besides ophthalmology. And nephrology, obviously. (laughs) I I think you should do, I think you should do like a nef palm one, like a, because usually nef and cards, I love that. And it's like the age old debate is like, you know, but really at the end of the day, nef and cards, like we both want the patient drive. It's cardiorenal syndrome, but palm always wants the patient's crispy. Yeah. Because dry lungs are happy lungs and I can see why. But you know, they—they—they're <laughs> okay, the ones. I think that's an untapped. Yeah, I haven't really. I mean, I feel like I, I kind of feel like pulmonology critical care is is kind of like a part of the same thing, and so I, I don't have a lot of knowledge or experience interacting with like strictly pulmonology. I feel like it's it's always been in my personal experience like wrapped up in critical care. Um, but uh, I could explore that a little bit. The ophthalmologist goes to the ICU yeah. was outstanding. <laughs> that was hilarious yeah that's what the yeah. the critical care ophthalmologist yeah. The, yeah yeah that's i've been uh i've been milking that one quite a bit I, I i show it a lot at whenever i uh give keynotes and stuff it's it's something i like to because it always gets a good laugh from the crowd so and, and, <laughs> that's, and, that's one and of my Mila, personal favorites and me living in chicago particularly appreciated your trip to the bean yes yeah. Yeah. oh yeah that was amazing that one. oh yeah the, that, that was well planned special. the pilgrimage of the nephrology and there is actually like there's a morton salt building in chicago too right you can see it off the interstate it's like a huge shed yeah (laughs) Yeah, they're making that into a they're making that into a concert venue now oh oh really (laughs) yeah they're calling it the salt shed seriously (laughs) i actually it's gonna be totally hit i like the, the nephrologist confronting ortho about about uh ordering iv fluids oh iv fluids <laughs> yeah that one you know how many people sent me that video like so many people are like did you see this i'm like yes i saw it already <laughs> is the nephrologist is holding the salt containers to <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
See, I, I haven't, I don't know a lot about nephrology, but I've, I've picked up enough by osmosis. Osmosis. Ah, yeah. that's good. I, I've picked up enough to know that, like, the inset nephropathy thing is overblown a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Yep. It's not, yes. it's not yeah. like a, it's, You're yeah, absolutely it's not that big of a deal, yeah. right? Yeah. So, actually, we feel that way about everything. <laughs> we're, we're combative people. That's what we like to do. And you come to us and say, like, oh, what about contrast? What about like overdiuresis? And we're like, well, actually, okay. if you let me talk to you about the, the 25 years of thought, you know, like, that's just oh kind God. of our thing. Sounds terrible. So I'm hearing (laughs) that you need to use reverse psychology if you need to interact with a nephrologist. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) We're very holistic. Guys on a tangent so easily. (laughs) No, that's why we're on year two of a book. Yeah. That's right. It's (laughs) it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I I obviously don't think uh, I don't think you need much advice from us, but I was thinking in terms of the material, the ongoing issues that we have these days in nephrologists usually people asking us to do dialysis and us trying to find ways to still manage the situation without dialysis. And that's kind of the classic, whether it's a surgeon, an intensivist, and they usually come in a kind of a, in a way that takes us off from the beginning. It's like, hey, I want you to dialyze this guy right now. And, 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 well, you know, he did one like that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, the last remain. There's ten nephrons left or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. That's true. I, yeah, that's that's how it is, right? Like how for yeah. every consult, every time you get called where you, where someone tells you, "Hey, this patient needs dialysis," how often do you actually start? Are they right? Mm, honestly, like ninety percent of the time, usually right. No, it depends. It depends yeah. who's calling. It depends Probably who's calling. Seven out of ten. Oh, yeah. you want it to be your right. You we want, can do okay. it the next day so that we're like, not till I say so. We're the nah, finessers. Nah. No, That's good. People, it's, it's, it's not McDonald's. It's not like ordering a cheeseburger. It's a little more <laughs> right. to it than that. Right. I, I, get, I get offended. Well, so. and we, I've had patients get transferred to our hospital to receive dialysis from a hospital that doesn't That's have dialysis. True. And they get there and we're like, we're going to try 40 milligrams of Lasix. And like, whoa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. So, uh, uh, Will, we did get a question from Twitter. It says, is the kidney the brain of the abdomen or is the brain the kidney <laughs> of the head? <laughs> That's from Ryan Town. Kidney wiki. He doesn't have enough neurons I'm or not, nephrons. I'm not smart enough to understand that question. I don't, yeah. We're going to go with that. I'm, I'm, true. If the question is, what's the most important thing in the abdomen? Is the ki- is the kidney technically in retroperitoneal, the abdomen? Retroperitoneal. It's a retroperitoneal it's, space. It's retroperitoneal, yeah. right? And so what else is back there? The pancreas? the uh, Or part of the pancreas, right? Yeah, part of the pancreas. Well, we don't know. Uh, yeah, the the, uh, the colon, some of the colons back. Some there of the colon. The retro part. See, I remember some of this stuff. He's, did you do a surgical year? Is that for opto? Do you do like a surgical prelim? God, no. oh, I nothing did a like transitional that? year. <laughs> oh, She's okay. Because she knows exactly what my intern year was like. Was See, so one of you is from Chicago, right? Yeah, so I was at Resurrection Medical Center. Oh, uh, okay. For my for my transitional year. Don't they have like a grand piano in the foyer? Don't they have a foyer? It, uh, something like that. I, I don't know. I wasn't there enough to really. Remember. Uh, it was um, the only the, the the most uh, time intensive, difficult month of that rotation was uh, my ICU month. Wasn't and that like month one? 
It was very early yeah. on. Yeah. What I remember most is uh, I was at, like by myself on nights, uh, like uh, for like four nights. It was like right at the beginning of my intern year. Oh. And it was terrifying. That's scary. And, uh, yeah. And I remember at, at two things from those, those that first week was uh, being up all night and I had to round with the team like in the morning and getting reamed out for not knowing Winter's formula. <laughs> I was, I was like, I, I had been up all night and the attending who was known for being like the, the kind of the biggest the jerk at, mm-hmm. on the service just laid into me because I could not, I, I did not calculate Winter's formula on a patient. So I figured you all would appreciate that because it's my understanding. I don't even know what Winter's formula is. I just know it has something to do with acid base and it's, it's something that you all have probably talked about. That's probably what you'd be doing now if you weren't talking to me. You'd be talking <laughs> yeah. about acid-based disorders. Do any of but, you know Dr. <laughs> no. But I will say that, you know, I, I, I teach the first-year medical student nephrology course at UCSF, and I tell the students, you have to know how to use it. Don't memorize any formulas. You know, they're all now on your smartphone. Just know what we're talking about if we, you know, tell you about this. But yeah, something like that. Because I remember when I, because I went to, so my med school years, my clinical years were 2000. 10 to 12. And, um, and I, I was like, they told me like, you have to like memorize how to calculate creatinine clearance. And I feel like it's probably not true now. Like it's so easy to, to figure out everything on the fly. Yeah. Because you get, you got, you got to do a lot of calculations, right? Yeah. Yeah, The thing is for nephrology, we kind of take pride in the fact that we're the ones that still can do the math on a lot of that stuff, whether it's relevant or not. It's kind of the one thing is with, if we ever get, you know, flummox, we just start throwing a bunch of, you know, millimoles at somebody and then they go, okay, whatever you want to do. Who were the nephrologists in high school? Like what cafeteria table did you all belong <laughs> we were to? AV we club. were in the bathroom. We were AV club. AV club. Yeah. Okay. The bathroom. Yeah. Matt. We were allergic to peanuts, peanuts. So we ate in the principal's <laughs> office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, you're killing yeah. me. You're killing me. You're yeah. <laughs> Golf team, too, too real. You take golf team pride. Wow, you take you take pride in having to know math. That's congratulations. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, it's we do take pride in it. Yeah. (laughs) Will, were you always like, were you like a class clown growing up, or were you just kind of? Oh yeah. I was for sure. His own mom kicked him out. Oh yeah, that was class yeah. I was. I, I had my mom as a teacher. She she taught like the gifted like like language <laughs> arts class in sixth grade, and and so I was in her class. And she sent me to the to the principals. She was really hard on me. I I was kind of a jerk. I really yeah, was. But um, but uh, she sent me once to the principal's office, and I had to get a discipline report signed by my dad. <laughs> um. And so th- that that kind of like it's like wait till your father hears you know. this, but like yeah, the- <laughs> she can't sign it. She's yeah. the teacher. So. And when did you guys? Wait, meet? are you guys high school yeah, sweethearts? Yeah, no, no, college. No. I've oh, heard okay. all the stories at this. College time. is close yeah. enough. You get the yeah. used to be a jerk vibe. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So where, where did you go to college, medical school, and in resident? You mentioned the transitional. Yeah. Year. What about the two other things? And after. Yeah, we went to, so we, we met at Texas Tech. So uh, we both grew up in Texas. She's not, she's originally from Oregon, uh, but we went to Texas Tech together. Then we went to Dartmouth for med school. And um, I was in grad school. And she was in grad school at the time. 
And then after that, we went to Chicago for intern year because that's where her uh, parents lived. And so we, we lived with them, saved a bunch of money. And then we went out to Iowa for residency. Mm-hmm. And then now we're in Portland, Oregon. So we kind of hit a lot of the regions. A lot of the pockets, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Medicine's uh, what, what cool we, that way, though. It is, you get to, yeah. You get to like, know people all over. It's fun. It, oh, exactly. Yeah. And we realize we don't want to live in the Northeast. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Just because of the snow. It's awful. Well, it's snowing in Oregon now, isn't it? I know. We got like four or five inches inches last night. Portland Metro got 10 inches. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of snow. It's crazy. But no, we, you know, we, because we, I moved from, we moved from Texas to New Hampshire. New Hampshire. One fell swoop. So that was prepared for that. And it was, it was rough. And so we were like, we were happy to get out of there. (laughs) <laughs> Subaru capital of the it is yeah we never yeah. we didn't have yeah we, n- we never have he drove a toaster uh, 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 the Honda hey really some respect on the Honda the Scion oh Honda okay okay no the 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 OG toaster I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry Honda they kind of have that granola vibe they don't make them anymore yeah they don't make them anymore it's shocking to me I know and we elements are what we do. Had stadiums. <laughs> really? Oh, <there> <laughs> Did it really? God, you got to like bring it all back to nephrology every single time. <laughs> we always do. Everything comes back to homeostasis in the end. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, that homeostasis thing, I mean, the, the, my, the original nephrology video, that's like people still people quote that to me. On oh, the you should have brought your water bottle. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a that's the, a great one. Homeostasis. Because line, you man. don't understand that is my entire every single clinic. It's not even something I think to tell people, but every clinic, every new patient on the way out the door, they're like, "So I drink a ton of water, so I really should be fine." And that's like every time I'm like, "That your kidneys don't need exercise. They don't." You know, that's, you they, know the. The inspiration for that line, the homeo- no. homeostasis is a joke for you, comes from Joel Top here. Ah. Because he had, I think it was in your Twitter bio or something, yeah. something about homeostasis. It's the product oh, of the, the urine is the byproduct? Yeah. yeah. yeah urine yeah. is the I byproduct. Have, I love that. And so it, I, I always thought that was the case. So, and now I'm so vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the, at this point, all the nephrology knowledge I know is from you. So uh, you, you can... Ever all the nephrology knowledge anyone has is from him. (laughs) We have a little budding nephrologist here as well. Oh Oh my god, look at her cheeks. (laughs) They keep growing too. Oh my god, that's adorable. Seven months. Oh my god. Kristen is good at that game. You nailed it. She's (laughs) zeroing in. Yeah. And she's like, she's used to Zoom. And so like, she's like, always tried to talk to people and like, we'll try to reach her faces. Oh it's really funny. Generation Zoom. Yeah, yeah Every- like, now she's going through the, the book. Oh my God. Oh, that is the cutest thing. Oh my gosh. Hey, you're going to destroy you. metabolic alkalosis. <laughs> That's going to be your first word. Yes. <laughs> She'll say PH. So, Will, you've had such a budding or growing career with this. Do you, do you think you always practice medicine? He better. <laughs> I put her through so much of it that uh, she wants me to keep going. No, it's um, people ask me that, like, okay, you know, would you do the social media stuff full time? Or it's it's something I I could do, but. 
but it's not my content medicine is so wrapped up in my content, right? So if I stopped yeah. practicing medicine, it'd be like I feel like it would take away. No, yeah, from yeah, you, you'd lose your edge. The legitimacy yeah. of what yeah, totally, I do. Totally, totally, yeah. 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 So I'm not planning on it. I'm in a good spot. I got a, you know, I'm in a great practice, great partners that are totally understanding. You, you, yeah. do. you like being a doctor? Yeah. Do you uh, like it? Yeah. 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 I do. I do. I like it. Um, most of the time. <laughs> that's a, and that's as good as you can that's hope for, right? That <laughs> is no, it's like no. any job. It's yes. not always roses, but I picked yeah. the right specialty for me. I, I, I like think being he's very lazy and he likes to sit down. I'd I like it a lot love, more. That's four a days a week. <laughs> I like it. That's right. Four days a week and home at five 30 would work for me just fine. That's right. Yeah. I well, really, the the thing that that really kind of actually turned me off to internal medicine was I didn't want to stand for so so many hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a joke. That is a true story. I'm serious. Now, I'll tell you what turned me away from surgery is I hated being cold in the OR. Like I just couldn't <laughs> stand it. Yeah, that's a, that's legitimate. See, like all, all it takes is one little thing like that to turn you off for an, an, an entire career. Well, and the standing in the OR—that's a lot of standing. Mm-mm, no, I I love rounding for like an hour and a half, and that's the max I ever do. But the oh, best yeah? part is look. Yeah, the best part is in the morning. There's like a quiet hour and a half, and you just get to look at labs. <laughs> <laughs> and after a while, it tells you a story. It's like reading. It's really just nice. Let the, let the numbers and that's how we all know we're in the right. No, you do. No, it's it's yeah. nice right. because it's like seeing your predictions from the day before. You know, it's like did that person? Do, I come in and I'm like, I wonder what happened to their chloride. Like whatever it was, it's just fun. Yeah. Oh, I get now. You're an incredibly big nerd. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm sorry. I'm, did you? I'm it so took you 31 <laughs> minutes to figure it out. I love it. I'm glad. I'm so glad you get that satisfaction from numbers on a page. That's that's fantastic. Just, just wait but, till you get your tax uh, return. You will too. I bet. I, I bet it's. I bet it's. Uh, it's great with with uh, electronic medical right because you can make graphs. Right. You can like awesome. What so now? Oh, now you guys. You guys do clinic yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like what's the breakdown there? Your depends on the where practice. does your heart lie? Where does your heart lie? Oh, inpatient. Yeah. We're con- we're control freak. Like what really gets you get uh, gets you excited about nephrology? Is it the clinic? Is it the inpatient? So it's you can't math. get daily it's labs. Daily. Well, you know, let's get two different perspectives because Joel's out there just slogging away. So Joel, tell us what you're. So I I my favorite part is the is tracking patients from clinic then through dialysis and then to transplant and like seeing the full spectrum and being with them through that is like you, it is really cool. It is. That's like life changing, big stuff. It is so life changing. It's, it's, it's unbelievable what that does for somebody. And it's, and it's, it's like to, for some, for some of these people going on dialysis is like dying and then going, getting that kidney transplant is like coming back. Like to watch that full transition is really, really powerful. And it's not just the emotional aspect of it. It's really true. (laughs) You're dying on dialysis and you're not dying on the transplant. It's it's absolutely true. Yeah. But I'm also, sorry, once they're post-transplant, you get weekly labs. You, <laughs> 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 yes. I'm just saying. That's great. Outpatients. Yes. So that's so that's different because because you know Joel's Joel's dealing with a lot of CKD and ESRD, and he 
And, you know, what Anna was saying earlier has to do with a lot of inpatient acute management, looking at labs and electrolytes and solving a story based on that. And that's what a lot of what I do, but it's not really the real world. The real world is what Joel's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. So the president of the American Society of Nephrology, a woman named Susan Quaggan, she wants you to show your socks on World Kidney Day, which is March 9th. Thursday, March 9th, there's a big theme of socket to kidney day. Socket to kidney disease. So if you could take a picture of your socks on March 9th, Thursday, March 9th, we would really appreciate that. It's already on my calendar. Of course it is, right? (laughs) I would love to show off my socks. (laughs) Any given day. He needs no excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. He'll show you now. He's getting them out. So did you tell (laughs) it? I'm guessing you told everyone on Twitter uh, that we're having a conversation I did. I did. So you're getting getting some comments? Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah. What's the ophthalmology like trope? If like, what's the thing that the you what? know? Nephrologists love labs. Like, what's the what gets you? What gets ophthalmologists Ooh. going? Oh, I mean, like in a good way. I I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. like oh, like I know that oh, contacts no. and whatever. Is it just yeah, hourly yeah. eye drops? <laughs> what What really excite? I mean, I guess what what would excite the most ophthalmologists would be cataract surgery. We love it. We love doing it's it's kind of a uh, similar you know, on a similar spectrum yeah. uh, because you're you're taking some patients who are just really they cannot see at all or maybe they've been wearing glasses they're like high any of you high myopes any of you really very nearsighted the chances are oh, there's, there's somebody one. in there <laughs> yeah. uh, Josh Josh you got some pretty thick glasses <laughs> yeah I know um, my dad so, did oh, I love it. changing it's for, oh, it's for gravitas actually he's actually he's so, great vision. so just otherwise so just I was imagine it doesn't work yeah <laughs> Yeah, so just imagine you you get put in glasses when you're like nine, ten, eleven, something like that, and and you you're just anchored to glasses, maybe contacts, um, and then as once you hit you know sixty, seventy, the lens inside your eye starts to get cloudy, and all of a sudden, like you don't see, even see well with glasses, and you can't drive or you can't see road signs, you can't do your normal your like fun hobbies that you like even to like do. see people's faces. Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden you have a like a literally six minute surgery. And all of a sudden, you know, after a couple of days, you can see 2020 without glasses for the first time, you know, that you can remember wow. in your entire life. So it's, it's wow. really, yeah. and we, and, and we get to do that. You know, I, I, when I've had OR day, I can do that like 12, 13 times in a day. And so that's really exciting for ophthalmologists. And that's what, that's the biggest, because everybody on earth will get cataracts if you live long enough. Right. So there's a huge need for it. Yeah. My mother said, well, you know, when she had her cataracts done, she woke up and she said it was like the Wizard of Oz when you go from black and white and they suddenly goes to color. She oh, said yeah. she, she had no idea what she was missing for all those years. It was, that was such a great analogy. Yeah. People will blame me for um, for giving them rings. Oh, my gosh. I've had that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hideous. What did you do to me? Exactly. Yeah. My, my dad had, had cataract surgery done. He went from minus 17 or 18 correction in his glasses Joshua. to not needing any. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> um, but then he, he went on a, um, a stargazing trip for the first time in his life. And it was just mind blowing for him. It was really, really cool. So I, wow. I totally get how that's life changing. Yeah. It's it's so much fun to do. So that's that's what ophthalmologists okay. get real excited about. That and sitting down. <laughs> yeah, and I was staying, gonna tell you. staying 
staying out of hospitals. We try yes. very hard not to go. We know we've consulted You're taking you the zing out of my morning, my morning chloride <laughs> gazing. It's kind of, you kind of yeah. just dampen my spirits. We'll leave it to you. Yeah. It's, if, you, if you ever see an ophthalmologist in the hospital by chance, uh, give them some directions. Help them out because they're not <laughs> yeah. supposed to be there. They're lost. hopelessly lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they've got that little box always. Every time oh, I see yeah. one, actually, yeah. I take a picture and then I said that Brad Pitt from Seven where he's like, what's in the box? I said, that, like, what is in there? Oh, yeah. No, we got our- what's in there from. He brought that home from residence. We have we have all kind. We have everything we could possibly need to examine an eye. We we got we got a. It's like how I travel. <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> not quite that bad, but uh, yes, close. Uh, yeah, we have all our our little luggage with us. We carry it around. Oh, it's not like one a, thing. It's all your things. Yeah, everything. It's a, it's a ton of it's stuff. It's a portable there. ophthalmology mm-hmm. setup we in got, a box. We got like ophthalmoscopes, uh, several different types of ophthalmoscopes. We got mm-hmm. uh, um, drops. We got like eye charts. We got we got a tonneau <laughs> pen in there. Were you the guy that bought the panoptic? Was that you? No, I actually did not buy an, a direct ophthalmoscope. And I tell everybody I can, not as far as med students go, not to buy. <laughs> I mean, why I stop heard, at I've med students? It's a yeah, worse idea for other people too. You know? I, don't, I don't know why anybody else would uh, <laughs> at, at any point consider buying one, uh, an ophthalmoscope. It's just, it's not, it's not practical. It's not a, uh, I think as long as you, there's like three of them in the hospital, like you can just go find one, <laughs> you know, go down to the emergency department, find yourself an ophthalmoscope and go use it in the hospital. Like there's no reason you have to have a personal ophthalmoscope. Don't say that on Twitter. Someone's going to be like the physical exam. You're going to <laughs> Twitter is going to crucify you for uh, the decay Twitter, of the physical exam. Twitter doesn't <laughs> oh scare me. <laughs> do, do you, do you, it doesn't, I was just going to ask you if you ever worry about like the haters and people trying to find you where you are <laughs> getting hate mail. So early on, I was anonymous in my Twitter <gasps> journey and, um, that was probably for the best because I was trying out this whole like comedy thing, which wasn't really common at the time, you know, we're talking now like 2015, 2016 and, and, uh, people were telling jokes and being funny, but I was like, my purpose was to be like a medical comedian. And, um, and that it just, <laughs> I'm a lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. I know I'm an ophthalmologist, so- but get this. How about this for an idea? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. So it wasn't like, there just wasn't a lot. There's no, there were no guidelines on how to do that. Right. And so I was, of course, I was going to piss people off because that's this doesn't quite make sense, and it's just not very common. And and you're making light of something aren't, aren't used yeah. to making light yeah. of the medical profession, and that's what I was doing. And and so yeah, I pissed off a lot of people, but eventually I got to the point where I I figured out how to do it without attracting too much of that hate. And so once I, once I, I I shed my anonymity and I, people knew my name and my face and everything, basically when I started making these videos, I did scale back the kind of the controversial types of, yeah, the controversial type things, the things that I knew would get under people's skin. I still do that every so often, like, especially if it's a, if it's a topic that I think, you know, could use. Yeah. You've taken on. You've taken on some things like in the last year that I think are yeah, now the hate mail just comes from the I bet. companies. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, actually, actually, I do. So now I know if I'm going to post something 
I'll know when I'm going to get a little bit of backlash from it. Sometimes it still surprises me. Uh, like I did a video on um, in support of DOs. Uh, this was mm-hmm. probably like a year and a half ago. And I, I said something, I, I think that got misconstrued and I just got started getting a lot of backlash. From DOs? I think it was from Dio. Like somehow they they had the impression that I was calling Dio stupid or something. But the whole video was like in support of Dio's and how Dio's it's equivalent to the MD and and you know that was the whole point, right? right? But sometimes you know it, it things people misinterpret things and 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 I think that's partly on them, but also probably a little bit on me as well. And that's what I've learned is like you can have the best of intentions, but if something comes across to people and it wasn't just one person it was like three or four so i whenever it's more than one person i know okay there's probably where there's some rawness there right yeah and so and so i i deleted that video because i was like it's not worth it i don't want to the point of this is not to make people angry and so occasionally things will come up and bite me like that but it's few and far between when i get surprised by the reaction from people and that's mainly just because of the experience i have doing this the backlash sucks. Like when you get that, when you get the angry people, but you have to, I've learned what feedback to listen to and what to ignore. And that's, that's a huge part of it because, you know, especially when you have a following, like I have, you're not going to, you're going to piss somebody off. Like, you know, it's not, everybody's going to be happy with you. And I'll occasionally get the angry email about this or that. And, you know, I, I know what's, what's something I should take to heart. And what I should just delete and never think about again. And I've got just gotten better at that over time. That guy recently who got all worked up about you being the keynote speaker. I mean, I, oh my he gosh. was like nobody, but yeah. it was like the cardiology thing. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I mean, sometimes it's not even about you. It's yeah. just about, I mean, probably oftentimes oh, it's yeah. not about you. It's just like what people are going through. And you're like, man. No, but the, you need to go pray. Took that guy to task. I don't know. That was, uh, oh, no, t- tell us. Why don't you tell what, why don't you, what, can you just tell the story? summarize it for us for our listeners in case they missed it yeah so i um you know i and and i actually honestly didn't like devote a lot of attention to it but basically it was somebody who i guess saw that i was doing keynotes and tweeted out what kind of a world are we in in the medical field when we have this comedian influencer you know giving keynotes to our cardiology conferences that says as much about cardiology as it does yes. about you or something like that. And were you right, invited yeah. as a patient? Like, cause you're, your guys, your guys experience is really dramatic in that regard, specifically for a cardiology meeting. Yeah. yeah so that's what I said was like, clearly you don't know his story yeah. then if that's what, and then he like doubled down, doubled on down it. on it. So I had to just like spell it out for you. Like he had a cardiac arrest. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> that yeah. is what the keynote is about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it was, it was stupid and it's, it's, uh, what I've tried to figure out is, okay, what are things that, that I need to respond to? And what are things that I should just like ignore? Because the minute I like a tweet, the minute I respond either with just with a reply or with a quote tweet or a retweet, like it's, it, it, it amplifies it so much. And, and so, cause the minute I shine light on somebody I think is either trolling me or is wrong or being aggressive or mean or something, the minute I interact with that thing, it just becomes this a huge deal. And so sometimes it's better 
to just like just like not even worry about it not even what's let's not give this person any attention uh but sometimes it pisses me off enough that i'm like okay let's let's go <laughs> let's, let's go you those of us this? that let's see a lot of hospitalized patients sometimes you just get people who you'll be walking past the room and they just scream at you or you'll go to see them for something and yeah. you'll be like hey your creatinine's up today and they'll just you know like flash you and scream at you and it's like some, sometimes you just don't have to respond to everything a person yeah. says you know and i don't like i yeah sometimes you know that one i did respond to him i didn't say much i just i i basically i was okay can you clarify this and honestly then everybody else piled on him so i didn't even have to really do anything it was like a lot of people came to my defense there Um, are times though when like most of the time like he's saying you know i will also just ignore whatever but that one just felt like you have crossed a line well and i nobody messes with my people (laughs) (laughs) and also like Man, how many boring keynotes have we all sat through? Like, yeah, I mean, really. come on. Like, we should, these should be fun. These should be like, you know, I, I feel like a keynote needs to be when the way we, because we do a lot of keynote speaking, uh, both together and, and separately. And, and my goal for a keynote, like, I just, I, I want people to not end up wanting to be on their phones. Like, that's like a huge goal, right? That's like the bottom baseline. That's the baseline. Like, if I can get to where people are not getting on their phone, that's a, that's a win. It needs to be entertaining enough to achieve that, but also has to leave people with something that they're talking about. And that's my goal. Like, I want it to be entertaining and I want people to be talking about it the rest of the day or the next day or the day after that. And so that's, that's always what we try to achieve with our keynotes and our experiences with me being a patient, having a cardiac arrest, having cancer, and also just you know doing this whole social media comedy and medicine type of thing. Like it's a unique thing, and and it, it's um, I think people do appreciate. Yeah, I think we know, have a perspective to- on on many things that is a little bit unique, and the 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 kind of through line of everything that we do is kind of two things. One is you know we bring levity to some really dark things, but then there's still like some substance underneath and what the takeaway is, right? And then through all of it, we're trying to point out the humanity in medicine and really highlight that and the humanity in doctors and the humanity in patients and just try to remind everyone, you know, before you're a clinician, you're a human and that has some implications, you know, so. but that, but that basically yeah. that guy just he didn't know what he, he just sucked. No, he's a, well, he's a, compl- yeah, he's a complete idiot. I mean, I as nerd as we are, uh, you know, I'm I'm super I'm super nerd as you can tell in this podcast. But I don't do I usually don't go to keynote speak uh, notes because they're boring as hell. Typically early <laughs> in the morning from the conference, yes. so I don't go. So that I mean, you. What you guys mentioned, everything that you bring as, as a couple of your medical experience is just amazing. But even removing that and just looking at you as a comedian and what you have generated over the last few years, it's enough of a credit to be in the podium. I mean, you it's just yeah. that your, your humor is disruptive. It's, we have never had anything like this. And it's just so much fun that I think completely uh, could, you could inspire young people with, with what you do. Also, not to not to pat myself on the back too much here, but do you have any idea how hard it is to make people laugh at seven o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, 
and like also, medical conferences like start, start so, so freaking early, early in the morning. I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's out because they pack so many things into them. Yeah. I, know. I know. But actually, yeah. so our our big meta, our big kidney conference. It the I'm trying to think of like the last. They do a really good job booking people, but. I think one of the things that they do that makes it so good is that it's never just someone that's like, hey, we're going to talk about whatever's big in nephrology this year because we've been talking about that all year. We have a lot of people who aren't nephrologists, people talking about like their life ex- of experience. And it's usually not nephrologists. And if it is, they're not just talking about like chloride. They're talking about how the hey, field easy is changing on clo- and how- Easy on chloride. I know. Oh, easy on, but I know. So much. Come on now. But I think There's that's the whole point. Wait, can I just tell you that? So in our small groups, and uh, for the medical students, we always start with the check-in question. And with some of the students, they want to know, okay, everybody talk about what's your favorite ion? And I was like, or your favorite electrolyte? I'm like, okay, we... Oh, you guys are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody picks chloride, Anna. No you kind of chloride. Your I know, I know, I know. But my point is that the keynote is not a time to regurgitate science from the year. It's a time to cast yeah. our focus and and set our intentions and set our and inspire ourselves. So it doesn't need to be it needs to remind us why we do medicine and what we love about being doctors. People should you know, conference organizers should think outside the box a little bit, you know, with uh with who they bring in for keynotes. I know we want to be respectful of yeah. your time. Can I ask one other question, though? Because I think the story you bring is so powerful, talking about the cardiac arrest and, and everything you went through as a family. At the same time, it's got to be so hard to relive what's probably like the worst day in your lives over and over on stage in front of thousands of people. How did you decide to put that out there as something that you were both going to talk about and both put out to this world? You know, It's one thing to like make funny videos of yourself and make fun of other medical specialties, but that's super personal. And... I know for me, like it, you know, I, I know you both have kids or you have kids together. Um, and that I wouldn't want to, sh- I don't know if I would want to share that story with my son that he could go back and see that. That That's a lot. Well, we, we do put boundaries on it with, with regard to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing we do with our keynotes is we share the 911 call. And so, and every time it is hard to listen to. And it took us a while to get to the point where we wanted to share it publicly. And I think, at least for me, I'll let Kristen speak for herself, but there was there's so much in the story that that we we thought would be beneficial for healthcare professionals to hear. There's so many little things about it uh, that we point out uh, with how I was cared for with with the insurance issues we had afterwards, with how the healthcare system treated Kristen, and 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 just the whole conversation surrounding cardiac arrest itself. So there's just there, it's it's such an it's an it's a story that has so many little nooks and crannies that that you can use to educate you know people really not just in healthcare but also you know the general public. And and we were you know looking at this the whole thing that happened and realized like you know, we have this platform and we can do a lot of good here. And that was really when we started talking about it. Yeah. And the kids were there. Oh my God. Yeah. That's true. How, how, I mean, how they old? They didn't see the worst of it, but they knew what how, was How old were <laughs> they? I had to, uh, they were eight and oh, five. So they know, they know, right? They were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. just was awake. And I think they both. So at the time, we had the windows open. It was in May, and and we had windows open overnight. And so they heard the sirens. They, I'm sure, they heard me yelling in the room. Um, once they got there, I was saying, "Oh, in here, we're in here." 
I'm sure they heard that. The paramedics and the fire truck and all that stuff that was parked right outside their window. They could see all the flashing lights. Um, I had told the 911 dispatcher that I had kids sleeping in the next room and I didn't want to scare them. And um, so she told the paramedics to close the door when they got in. And they came in. It was May 2020, right in the height of the COVID scare. And so... They were in hazmat suits and hoods and shields and just oh the whole God. nine yards. God. And they came oh in our house and they shut the door and they made eye contact with the kids as they shut the door, you know. So and then he's just he's not there. Right. They took him to the hospital afterward. So I have to go in right after they take him. It's it's about the time that they would. We had them very well sleep trained. And so like they knew they couldn't get out of bed until a certain time. But that time came right after he left. And so oh. I knew I had to go in there and tell them something because they're going to notice that he's not here, you know. So from the very beginning, they knew that something was going on. And, and I, you know, I told them that he got really sick and needed some equipment that we didn't have here at home. And so they have it at the hospital. So they took him to the hospital. I didn't know then if he was going to be okay or not. I didn't know if even if he did survive, I didn't know if he was going to be himself, if he was going to ever do eye surgery. Again. That was the real <laughs> question. Let's, no. So I didn't know what to tell them. I, I couldn't just say, oh, but don't worry, he'll be okay. He'll be home this afternoon. You know, yeah. so they've known from the very beginning, you know, whatever was appropriate for the time and the age that they were. And then as they get older, they understand a little more and a little more about it. They have had to have follow-up appointments themselves to to get checked out. So, you know, you got to explain that. They haven't they haven't heard that 911 call. No, nope, so but we, we don't... protect them from that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they need to hear that. If they when they're adults, if they decide they want to hear that, that's their decision, but I don't want to to make that decision for them ahead Ugh. of time. So, I can't imagine. But we do we do let them like they come with us on um yeah on our trips to give keynotes and they listen to our talks. I think it's important for them to see that, you know, when bad things happen, you can just sit there and let them be bad things or you can turn them into meaning and improvement for other people and for the world. And so we we want them to see that part. But yeah, we do work pretty carefully to protect them from the parts that would do more damage than good. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you guys want to say one thing just to thank you also my husband's also a huge fan he's also in medicine and he's from Greece and I just want to tell you that one of the times when he was reading about your story and the things that you've posted he said man I wish we could you know get a hold of him and tell him that we'd be happy to host him at his house in Greece so if you ever want to travel to Greece (laughs) just reach out yes everyone raise your hand if you had somebody that said oh my god tell them we are big fans (laughs) (laughs) we'd love to go to Greece yeah yeah next weekend good (laughs) we recommend the summer but whatever you want You know, Kristen, life is life is funny. You know, it's uh, you guys know that more than anything. What you've been through in your lives, we've all had our you know our our trials and tribulations. But uh, thank God you were there for him because you know, he brings a lot of joy to a lot of people. Well, he pays my mortgage, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I almost left her with that. We we had just bought a house like the a, month, oh a, a month before that. Oh You're my God! Leaving me. It's important to titrate the life insurance just right. (laughs) Well, he'd already had cancer. He didn't have life insurance. Oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. I hadn't even thought about that. No, but in all seriousness, yeah. I I did not want him to leave. Yeah, Yeah. for for a multitude of reasons. But yeah, yeah, but thank thank you you for saying that. (laughs) 
Okay. Hey, thanks, guys. guys. This has been great. Yeah. 